Okay, I want you to do this. I want you to turn to your neighbor, turn around the people behind you, somebody around you, just real quick, just answer this question. What is your favorite Christmas song and why? Just take 30 seconds. What's your favorite Christmas song and why? Little Drummer Boy. I heard Little Drummer Boy. I don't know about you, but I love Christmas music. I love Christmas music. My, uh, I, I categorize my Christmas songs that I really like. Uh, my favorite, uh, I have like a favorite overall song, like my number one overall favorite song. It's this one, Holly Jolly Christmas by Burl Ives. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what's happening. If you're sitting in the car and you hear the ding, dong, ding, dong, and Holly Jolly Christmas and have a holly, there is nothing as like cheery and happy as Burl Ives singing Holly Jolly Christmas. It's just amazing. And it'll just turn your mood right around. Uh, so I love Holly Jolly Christmas, all-time favorite Christmas song. It just, it makes it feel like Christmas for me. Um, I have a favorite Christmas carol. We sang it earlier. It's Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I love Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Charles Wesley wrote it, and it's all about, it, it's got such wonderful, dip, deep, rich theology. Wonderful, deep, rich theology in this song. Let me, I just, the third verse is especially meaningful. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. I love that hymn. That's like my absolute favorite Christmas carol. Um, my favorite like non-Christmas carol Christian song, like song about Jesus, is a song called In the First Light uh, by the acapella group Glad. Uh, you can YouTube it, YouTube In the First Light by Glad, and it is an amazing song. Uh, it's beautiful acapella. If you like acapella music, you will love it. Uh, it's called In the First Light. I tell you what, I, like I said, I, this year I just can't get enough of Casting Crown's version of I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Um, YouTube that one. I heard the bell. It's hauntingly beautiful. It's very dark actually sounding this song about bells on Christmas. It's very dark sounding, but uh, they, they interpret it in a very cool way. Uh, I heard the bells on Christmas Day by Casting Crowns. Like I said, I, to me, one of the best parts of Christmas is the Christmas music. I love Christmas music from Magical Snowmen to Ru Dean Martin singing about Rudolph the Red-Beaked Reindeer um, to the Christmas carols that we sing to the, the songs on the radio, the Christian music that I, I listen to on my, on my radio. Uh, I love Christmas music. Uh, I just can't get enough um, of, of from the sacred to the secular. I love it all. I love Christmas music. You know, we know, and, and as people, you know, we know so many Christmas songs. I, I, you know, as I heard somebody say, Little Drummer Boy is our favorite Christmas song. That's awesome. You know, we all have like some kind of favorite song. We all have some kind of song that really puts us in the Christmas mood, right? There's some song that just makes you go, it's Christmas. All right. Um, but I got to tell you this. If I hear Last Christmas by Wham one more time, <laughs> I kid you not, I'm going to lose my mind. It is going to suck the holly jolly right out of my Christmas if I hear that song one more time. It's not even a Christmas song. It just has Christmas in the title. That's it. 
It's not a Christmas song. It just has Christmas in the title, and it drives me crazy. So, okay, I'll, it's not a Christmas song. And Okay, I'll get off that soapbox. Okay, we can all go back to the sermon now. I feel much better. Um, but, you know, we, 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 we're surrounded by it. We, you go to the store, and you hear from jingle bells to silver bells. Uh, you know, everywhere you go, there's Christmas music. Um, it's, it's a wonderful part of the year. Um, and like I said, we know so many Christmas songs. We, we know them all by heart. We sing along with them on the radio. We sing, you know, 24 hours a day from Thanksgiving all the way up to Christmas Day, we're listening to Christmas music. Well, while we know a lot of Christmas songs, I believe that there are some Christmas songs that are completely overlooked. There's some Christmas music that is completely overlooked, ones that we don't even think about. It's not necessarily set to music. We don't know the tunes, but it's Christmas music nonetheless. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next three weeks as we get ready for Christmas. Um, these very first songs of Christmas are found in the Gospel of Luke uh, in uh, chapters 1 and 2. And uh, over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about the songs that accompanied the birth of our Savior. Today, we're looking at Mary's Song of Praise. And these are, like I said, these are the original Christmas songs. These were songs that were sung around the time when Jesus was born. Uh, like I said, you may have never even realized that there were songs that accompanied Jesus' birth. And, and that's what we're going to look at, these three Christmas songs. So the first one is Mary's Song of Praise. And it's found in Luke chapter 1, uh, verses 46 through 55. Uh, so if you'll grab your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 1. We're actually going to start in verse 26. We're going to read 26 through 38. And we're going to learn about the song that uh, Mary sang when she went to visit her relative Elizabeth. Next week, we'll talk about Zechariah's song. And then the following week, we're going to talk about uh, the week of Christmas. We're going to talk about the angel's song. And uh, so that's where we're going to go over the next three weeks. Um, so turn to Luke chapter 1 verses, and start in verse with, read with me in verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Notice what she says to the angel. What does she say? She says, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. That's important. And we'll talk about that in just a few moments. Uh, now, look down the page just a little bit to verse 46. And grab your bulletin. Turn to page 3 to the handy-dandy outline. And we'll fill in some blanks in just a moment. But I want to look at verses 46 through 49 before we start filling in blanks. This is the song that Mary sang when she went to visit her relative Elizabeth. Mary said, 
My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. The first blank on your outline is a song of praise to God. Mary's song is a song of praise to God. This echoes another song of praise sung by another woman in the Old Testament. It echoes the song of praise of Hannah, who, when she was found out to be that she was going to have a child uh, who was named Samuel, uh, she sang a similar song to God. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, she sang, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. She sang this song of praise to God when she found out she was going to have a child. And Mary does something very similar. She sings a similar song to God when she finds out that she is going to have a special child as well. Um, you look at verse 49 and it echoes, um, it echoes uh, Hannah's song. The mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. The mighty one has done great things for me. I believe that this song that Mary sings reveals two characteristics about her heart. Two characteristics about her heart. And the first is, is that her heart is humble. That Mary is humble. That's the next blank on your outline. She's humble. She's humbled by the fact that God would pick her or choose her to be the mother of his son. She had a very special job. She was going to nurture Jesus. She was going to be Jesus' mother. And our mothers have a very special role in our lives. They're very, very important to us. Other than the fact that they give birth to us, but they also nurture us. They teach us many of the lessons of life that we learn. And we learn not so much by their words, but as by their example. Um, Jesus was going to learn all kinds of things from his mother. And one of the things that he would learn, one of the most important things he would learn, is that he would learn humility from his mother. Notice how she refers to God. She says, my soul glorifies the Lord. When someone is your Lord, it means that they're your master. And so she looks at God and says, God is my master. My soul glorifies my master. My soul glorifies the Lord. He would learn, uh, she says, my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. Mary needed a savior. She understood, I need a savior. God is my savior. She could not save herself. She was helpless to save herself. She refers to God as her Lord. She refers to God as her Savior. And she refers to herself as a servant. What did she say back in verse 38? I am the Lord's servant. In verse uh, 48, he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. She calls herself a servant. This is the language of humility. She is a humble woman. She is a humble young girl. She says generations will call her blessed. Not because of who she was, not because of who she is, but because of what the Mighty One had done for her. It's because of what God was doing that generations would call her blessed. She does not seek to be exalted because she is humble. She says, God is the one who is holy. Her name is not holy. The Mighty One is holy. What does she say? In verse uh, 49, the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. God is holy. Mary is humble. 
She does not seek to be exalted, but rather she exalts the one true God. She praises God. She praises him. She exalts God. She glorifies God as a humble servant would. I believe that Mary would reject much of the uh, praise and adoration and, and adulation that she receives uh, by other Christians. Now, why do I say that? Because of this song. Because she did not want praise. Rather, she is the one who praised the Lord. She is a humble servant of God. She is a humble servant of the Most High. She is not to be worshipped, but rather she is a fellow worshipper of God with us. Right now, she is around the throne of heaven, praising and worshipping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. She is worshipping and praising Jesus Christ, because only God is to be praised. Only God is to be praised. In Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, Jesus said to Satan, Satan is trying to get him to bow down and worship him. Jesus says, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Only God is worthy of praise. Only God is worthy of service. Mary was a humble servant of God. And this song reflects her humility. But it also reflects another characteristic of her heart. Mary is joyful. Her heart was joyful. And why is she so joyful? It is because of what God was doing for his people through her. So the next blank on your outline is Mary is joyful. She rejoiced in God her Savior because God was sending the Messiah. The one he had promised to send for centuries and centuries has finally come. And he, was, he had picked her to be his mother. He chose her for this special job. This simple peasant girl was picked by God to be the mother of his son. She did not rejoice in her status. She did not rejoice in the fact that uh, uh, she was going to have a special place in history. But rather, she rejoiced in God, her Savior. Because God is the true reason to have joy at Christmas. You know, we sing joy to the world. We sang it earlier, a new twist on it. Joy to the world because of what God has done. God is the one who gives us joy at Christmas. The joy to the world that we sing of is because the Lord has come, because Jesus has come into the world. God sent his son into the world to die for the sins of the world, to rescue us from the prince of this world. We are helpless to save ourselves, but God sent Jesus to do just that, to die for our sins and to be our savior. And when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, when we believe in him and repent from our sins, confess our faith and are baptized, we are saved by God's grace. And that is the true reason to have joy. And it comes from God. True joy at Christmas comes from God, our Savior. God is the one who gives us joy, just like he gave Mary joy. Now, Mary's song is not just a song uh, to God, but it is a song about God as well. That's the next blank on your outline. A song of praise about God. It not only reflects her humility, and it not only reflects her joy, but like I said, it's a song that is about God as well. Look at Luke chapter 1, verses 50 through 55. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. <coughs> Excuse me. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, 
but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. There are three characteristics of God that Mary sings about. So the first part of the the song reflects her heart. The second part of the song reflects three characteristics about God that I want to talk about for just a little bit. The first is, is that God is merciful to those who fear him. God is merciful to those who fear him. God is a God of mercy. And a very simple definition of mercy is not getting what you really deserve. Not getting what you really deserve. A simple definition of grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. The Bible tells us that because of our sins, because of our sinfulness, we deserve death. We deserve eternal death separated from God in hell for all eternity. That's what we deserve. But instead of death, God offers us a gift instead. The very first Christmas gift was his son, Jesus. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, Paul writes, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That instead of eternal death and separation from God in hell, we are given a gift of eternal life in, in heaven with God. We deserve death, but that's not what we get. That's mercy. We don't deserve grace. We don't deserve the gift, but that's what we get. That's grace. That God Mercy and God's mercy and grace work hand in hand to give us what we don't deserve and not give us what we do deserve. God is merciful to those who fear him, Mary says. God is merciful to those who fear him. Now, I'm not talking about abject terror, of being terrified of God, like he's out to get you. I'm talking about a healthy, reverent respect and awe of God, for he is God. And God is amazing and God is awesome. He deserves our, our praise and our, our uh, adulation, our, our worship, God deserves to be exalted because God is awesome. I mean, think about our, our universe for just a minute. How many of you watched the, uh, the Orion take off the other day when it went into space? Nobody. It's 6.05 in the morning on Thursday morning. I was sick as a dog and I still got up to watch this thing. I mean, we, we sent a rocket into space. We haven't done that in years. It was well, it was, it, was, it was over very quickly, but it was still pretty cool. But it went 3,600 miles above the Earth's surface and circled the Earth twice and then landed in the Pacific Ocean. Now, all right, I'm, I won't say it, I won't say it. $400 million to circle the Earth twice. Okay, all right, so. Soapbox again, sorry about that, rabbit hole. All right, um, but, <coughs> excuse me, um, <coughs> but. That 3,600 miles that we traversed over the Earth's surface, that is nothing compared to the millions of miles of universe that is out there that God created just by speaking into being. He just spoke and he he created all of this stuff. And he created you and me and, and everything. God is awesome and he is mighty and he is powerful and he is huge and he is strong. And yet he is gentle and he is loving and he is kind and he is good to us. He is mighty and powerful. And he is good and loving. We need to fear God in a healthy way. We need to fear him because he is worthy of glory and honor and praise and rest and respect and reverence. God is awesome and he must be feared. The second blank, the the next blank in your outline is God is mighty to help those in need. God is mighty to help those in need. Yes, God is awesome and he is to be feared But he is also good. 
and he is gentle and he deals with us kindly. He helps those in need. She sings of a number of mighty deeds of the Lord, Mary does. She sings of these mighty deeds of God, how he is going to reverse the fortunes of the humble and the poor and the oppressed. He would bring down the proud, but lift up the humble. The hungry would be filled, and yet rich oppressors would walk away empty. It reminds me of a promise, a prophecy concerning the Messiah. And Jesus quoted it at the outset of his ministry. Take a look at this. This is in Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. He wrote, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Jesus came to bring salvation to all people, but not in the way that the people of his day expected. The the Jews wanted to be saved from the Romans. Jesus came to save people from their sins. God's mightiest deed was to bring salvation to his people. God's mightiest act was to save us. We sing this song on Sunday. It's called Mighty to Save. And God truly is mighty to save us. I don't know about you, but I know my sins. And I know where I fall short. I know the, the struggles that I have and the sins I commit. I know them all too well. And I know it must take a very mighty act of God to wash me clean from all those sins. And yet the Bible says that when I confess my sins, he is faithful and just. And he, he will forgive me my sins and purify me from all unrighteousness. God is mighty to save. He does mighty things and he is mighty to help those in need. The next one on your outline is God is mindful of the humble. God is mindful of the humble. Those who are overlooked by society are never far from God's heart. God has a special place in his heart for the humble and the oppressed and the poor. That's why he chose this humble girl, this humble peasant girl, to be the the mother of his son. Jesus would need to learn humility if he was going to be a suffering servant, as talked about in the book of Isaiah. He would need to learn humility, and it is his mother who would teach him that. God does not forget, and God does not neglect the humble. Jesus was humble. Listen to what he said in Matthew eleven twenty nine and 30. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is humble and he is gentle. The Bible tells us that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Then we need to be humble. That's my challenge for you today is to be humble. At this time of year, it's not about getting things for ourselves. It's not about satisfying ourselves and and storing up things for ourselves. It's not about us. Christmas is about Jesus. And it is about the humble Savior who can save us from our sins. And Christmas is not about how much we can spend. It's not about gifts and toys. It is about the joy and the awe and wonder of a God who lifts up the humble, including a humble girl named Mary. Let us learn to be humble before the Lord. Do not be puffed up with pride and arrogance, but be filled with awe and wonder. And may the joy of the true meaning of Christmas be yours. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the example of your servant Mary, an example of humility. Help us to be humble before you, to love you and to respect you, to revere you, 
to treat you with the awe and wonder that you deserve. For you are a mighty God. You are a, an immensely huge God. And, and we can't even comprehend you. Help us to be humble before you. To bow in reverence at all times. In the awesome wonder of your presence. God, we thank you that, that you save us. That you redeem us. That you change us and transform us. May the, may the wonder of this time of year impact us in such a way that we will live lives of humility before you. Thank you again for your word. And I pray now that as we prepare to depart today that you would go before us, that you would strengthen us, that you would show us kindness and love as we seek to, to find the true joy of Christmas. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.